1: Okay, that is really loud, but I turned it, it down way speaks, too speaks the
0: truth, tweaks lows in my soul, and brings peaks, unfolds me like clean sheets. Tell me a story, it's bedtime, and that soft, like, that? like sweet dreams. This track Telephone is and no induced fascination, um, never uh, been so fond of the groving with the rotation, just uh, cozy up with the record, the lavender sweet pressure matches the artwork on the work that made me respect her. Audio sweet nectar, listening to it stripping you, question heaven's existing. I gotta free shipping words, channels to... Billy while rhyming. I said my yeah, 20 there's gonna be ounce no of the divine. My, uh, she gets a plenty, she mentors, makes me fermenty. So, uh, she fresh enough uh, to be monkey, who them, how She them gets them me them from, them from them. lyrically, incidentally, on soft beats i She do her thing independently. And this is what it meant to me. Two tickets to a no-name show. Two tickets to a no-name show. Go oh boy this sweet, but I got good taste, though. Can I get two tickets to a no name show? Tickets to a no-name show Bro-boy this week But I got good taste self song independent so it's vital on my twitter feed dreamt about a copy on vinyl it's a limited edition i can't make a purchase because i need my wife's permission and she says it isn't worth How it because i want a plan <laughs> rhyme <laughs> educator spit the fiber like the hot five stream it on the wi-fi thinking that's that cool. she made that's, the shot right cool. since so she dropped that's when cool. i heard the ditty bop put a record at the top next to tribe Sense, black star equipment every song is hella fly when the days go by i've got a soundtrack proud hope she a triple plat she's the best in my opinion, my opinion is triple.
1: Alright, I played fifty percent of his song. That's enough of the beer that he bought me. Alright, welcome to Low Key Wall Number Zero Five. Um I'm here with you. Um my name's Harry. I'll be your host for this evening. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my wife you're talking about. Okay, okay. Careful. Like I said, she hunts people down and see us go with, uh, and she just nice people. She doesn't look like she's really good, but she's only good with the knife, and she will knife you in the face. In Street Fighter. Um, but yeah, so that song was from the No Name Show by Joe Ruiz, um, so, uh, he found his stuff on Bandcamp. I'm gonna put the link in the, uh, in the chat room for everybody that wants to go and, uh, pick up Joe's stuff. Okay? And, uh, let's see, last night we spent most of the night, we stayed up all night listening to the um, beautiful, beautiful, uh, uh, beautiful speech from uh, President Donald Trump when he was uh, doing the State of the Union. We discussed that yesterday, and tonight we're going to discuss some other stuff, some cool articles that I have found around, stuff that I thought was pretty cool that did not, would probably not make it up the snuff to the, um, for like a Tuesday or Thursday show for Wheeler Libertarians, and that brings you know, low-key wall. Or, I try to interact with the, uh, the chat room, and I interact with uh, people that want to jump in on Discord, um, but most people who jump into Discord, I keep getting the same too, but everyone else, you know, if you're in the Discord, and you, you know, up level high enough, and you want to jump into the chat room while I'm doing this, come ahead, jump in, it's fun. As long as it doesn't get abused, if it does, you know, that's why I've got Brian Holden, uh, um, S, 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 S-, S-, S- Kajia, can you, um, pronounce, um, your name for us, please? Say hi to everybody.
3: Escalja
1: Escalja Escalja
3: Yes Hello everybody
1: (laughs) Thanks Escalja It's not really hard Yes it is Yes it is Okay It is hard Okay And that's the voice you're listening to is Reinhold Reinhold say hi Uh, Good evening everybody Yep And um So Welcome to the Low key wall Which is you know um, like I said, like, it's, like, like I like to do a little chat interaction. I only turn my thing off because my wife's moving back and forth, so. give her a little privacy because I'm upstairs doing it right now. All right, let's see, uh, Farkas Nugent, don't know if I'm high enough. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, honestly, like, I really do like Joe Ruiz's music. Uh, he produces a lot. He sends me a bunch of stuff, I like, to critique on and send it back to him. He's the one that made the, um, I don't know, if, if you're a real OG listener, uh, uh Joe made that song, uh, um, this is weirdly... Bad Spell. Huh? Are you going to sing it what for us? Escalja? Escalja, uh, are you going to sing it for us?
3: Uh, wasn't the title of the song Bad Spell yeah. at the beginning? Yeah. Like,
1: are you going to... Bad Spell... Well, that was made by a different art, local artist. Okay. That was a different one. Are you going to sing us uh, um, the other song for us? Es- uh, I
3: don't remember that at all.
1: You don't I remember... Just remember that. Fine, all right. It was a. It was. A, I wonder if I can find it on SoundCloud. I'll look here on SoundCloud if I can find it. But um, it was a really cool song. He like, uh, and he basically like But everyone's um no high enough le- um, level for mic access. Oh, okay. So you've got to. So you've got to have certain. You know, you've got to be so high to be able to get on the mic. Understandable. Understandable. Um, but you know, me personally, you know, I I don't need. I forgot to, uh, my, I am, see this is why you never, this is why I hate Twitter, you make one awful comment and people just, people you never met before in the world just start tweeting at you. <laughs> and they get really mad especially if you're an egg account, <laughs> but anyways, um, quick thing, alright, so let's get into the news a bit before we go on to this, like, because you know, I kind of want to play with the format a little. I was talking to some people in the Discord. I um, thought about, you know, possibly, like, adding a after show to this thing where we just can sit around and, you know, just can sort of encourage more articles being sent in through either through the, um, uh, in the chat room or just more participation from uh, Discord. But, um, and, um, the Maxine Waters thing on BET, I think, um, Ryan you said that's going to be at 10 o'clock?
2: Yeah, that's what I read last night. It was going to be at ten o'clock tonight. Okay,
1: all right, all right. I don't want to sit through that. I don't want to watch that. But if we, if we get a thousand bits tonight, I'll sit through and watch that. But other than that, I'm I don't know if I want to uh, watch any more BET. We watched enough of it last night. All right, all right. So I think um, so first thing we're going to get to is the um, what I like think uh I like seeing it as the death spiral of um, uh. Facebook, and them attacking people who get on the platform and try to do things and try to get to some reach because that's which originally a lot of people used. Uh, they like to use. Um, they used uh, uh, the face tubes for, and realizing yeah, they really can't anymore. A creator with a 4.7 million Facebook followers says her reach has been decimated on the platform, and she fears Instagram is next. Alright, first things first, let's research the word it decimate. It's to kill or destroy or remove a large percentage of, or kill one in every ten. So, she only lost ten percent. That's not bad, but we know what they mean. They meant to completely remove or destroy, so, but we won't nitpick this article that much. On the platform, she, and she your Instagram is next. Justin Nagiri is a cosplayer with millions of, uh, of followers across various social media pro- platforms. She has 4.7 million followers on Facebook, and she has been reached on the platform to get uh, decimated. Justin is one of the top cosplayers in the world with millions of social followers across various platforms. And, uh, But during a recent wide-ranging interview about her new documentary, Negri told Business Insider that when it comes to helping her business, not all social platforms were created equal. Like many creators on online publishers, Negri has felt the pain of Facebook algorithm shifts over the past year, especially in Reach, a metric that refers to how many people see posts from uh, a page. Hey, quick question, how many of you guys can actually hear Gunther in the background? Because she sounds like she's in my ear. Of course, I try to get quiet so I can hear, and she gets because Anyways, back to this. You know, comment if you guys can hear. Um, the echoes uh, through the broad changes observed by online publishers, which saw Google overtake Facebook as the largest source referral traffic last summer. Nagiri said Facebook emphasis on video last year worked for a while to boost reach, but that it then began to fall off. I have noticed that videos in general are receiving less reach than usual, she said, and it's concerning because a lot of people dema- depend on social media to showcase their work and reach new audiences. Nigeri said it was early, uh, too early to understand how the latest Facebook news feed shift announced earlier this month would affect her. So we've been um, noticing like this massive like um, Facebook shift. Dear Leader has talked about it. Uh, we. Uh, well, the whole like pages things are becoming more relevant. We even seen in our own Facebook pages, that we we're starting to get uh, low and low traffic on it, even though there's thousands of people on it. We get low traffic on it, and the shift has been trying to get moving people to groups. But we went to groups a while back because of the whole you know it was easier to talk to people, to share means when the feed was so big. So we went to groups a while back, but even then, Facebook still attacking like small creators unless you pay them. So that's why we've been starting to try to like diversify, go to different platforms to be able to get with people. So that's another reason why here on Twitch, Twitch like streamers, um, YouTube, YouTube's taking video, but even YouTube starts going after people. But we're going, you know, uh, we did have a Vid.me account before Vid.me shut down, and all you're like, I didn't guys run Vid.me exactly. Thanks people, thanks people. <laughs> we had one though, and there's video, and there were videos on it. But, like I said, it was like a just-in-case thing. So, yeah. Um, which stinks, but it goes to show you that you cannot depend on anyone's platform unless you've created it. Um, even when it comes to, like, because if you had a virtual private server, or you did everything, you hosted yourself in your own server, uh, if, the, if the cloud server went down, you can just move to A to another cloud server and redirect your domain that you owned, or boot up your own server at the house and direct your domain down to that. Now, not just saying like, but hey, you're on Twitch. Yes, I am. But you know, at the same time, I'm still working on in the background of trying to get it uh, on a um, little small uh, Docker just so if push comes to shove, if Dear Leader came to me saying like, hey, we're getting locked out of this, we're locked out of doing that, I want to be able to ability really just to crack a beer, call up every tech that we have here, you know, that listens to Wall to help me, like you know, like get a, get everything to switch over into our own server that night. And we just sit there and do that. I'd rather do that than sit there panic and come up with a new move. So that's what we plan on doing. All right. Still can't figure. Christy just posted in the chat. Still can't figure out why I'm not getting sound on the laptop. Arg. Um. I don't know why you're not getting sound on your laptop. Uh. Sure you got everything updated? Could be that. I don't have things updated. Or maybe you just need to bring your laptop to next Liberty and chill that you can make it, and then we'll take a look at it. So next time you're an Indy, just bring it to Liberty and chill. And I'll take a look at it. Uh, let's see here. Um, so yeah, Escalja, Reinhold, you got anything to say about this before we move on? I, I know this is like a life-fluffy piece, but to me, it's like it's you know it's in the realm of stuff that we do here on Facebook and stuff like that. So I kind of wanted to talk about. Well, I mean,
2: so. Every, every platform that ever existed is always runs into these possible issues. So you have increases in reaches, uh, decreases in reaches. You can look at MySpace. You can go back and look at broadcast television. You can look at newspapers, right? They all go through these highs and lows, so you always have to be careful of where you're um, going out and reaching your yeah, audience yeah. from. Yeah. Uh, you have to pay attention to that, and you have to diversify. If you're not diversified, you're going to get locked into a single uh, medium, broadcast medium, and you're going to end up being at the whims of that um, business model. So if Facebook does something that really angers a lot of people and everybody leaves Facebook, and then that's where you're doing all of your social media and all of your broadcasting from, mm-hmm. you're going to take the hit of yep. their decisions. So you have to always be able to uh, identify where those trends are going, stay on top of it, and keep yourself diversified so you don't fall into that trap.
1: Yep. And that's why, like, the email, the We Are Libertarians email list is very important because, you know, like I said, like, email is very federated we can send out an email from anywhere um like just the RSS feed you can get it as long as the RSS feed works out there we can set you you can pick up any R um podfee catcher, I think um, podcasts are pretty much sort of insulated from some of the um, social media aspect of it, because like most people who listen to podcasts, they listen to it, you know, most of the people don't listen to live like, I wasn't too sure like this Twitch would go because most people who listen to podcasts don't watch things live, they like to listen to podcasts like majority of people who are going to listen to these words that we're talking right now are probably going to listen to it probably like 8 to 12 hours from now, and they're going to be doing something else, not live so podcasters a little insulated from it but you know we're not all the way because you know sometimes we do like to do live content that's why like um the discord is good because the discord like it announces and shouts to people like hey we are going live you know it tells people you know all right moving on to the next article electronic frontier foundation um, local communities can inject desperately needed competition in the ISP market I'm, sometimes I'm not happy with a lot of stuff the EFS post um, this one kind of got me I will say before, um, spoiler on this whole article before we go through it um, wishy washy I'm kind of wishy washy on this one like half I like it but like oh you're just not really you didn't go want to go full bore, did you but anyways local communities can inject desperately needed competition in the ISP market now, which I first read that title, I was like, "This is awesome! People getting together, going after the EFF big ISP is company."
2: The hmm? EFF is ZFF finally figuring out that maybe net neutrality is not a great thing. Yep, yep, I mean, because that's what the title sounds like. Oh, uh, like, right. Feeling that they're not there the alloy right?
1: Well, the, you know, um, uh, I don't. Let's let's go through the article. I don't know too many spoilers. Christy we played it in the beginning. We'll play it in the. You know what? You know what? Um, We will play it again. I will play it again for Joe. For you, Christy. I will play it again, but not right now. If I have to get up and go to the bathroom, I will play it. If I have to go in the bathroom. Or we have to do a. You know. Or I'll play it after the commercial break. That's a joke. You guys are supposed to laugh at the laugh laugh. There's no commercials. Alright, alright. Alright, awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Anyways, last year we witnessed the elimination of critical privacy and network neutrality. Protections in the broadband market, but these moves were, would be less dangerous if we were able to vote with our wallets and choose a provider that respected our privacy and didn't engage in unfair data discrimination. Unfortunately, most of us have only one choice for high-speed internet. If Comcast behaves badly, we can complain, but we can't hit them where it really hurts by switching to someone else. Thanks, Farkas okay. The
2: they get it, yeah. I mean, they're actually stating the whole argument against net neutrality in the first place, mm-hmm. right in front. I'm mm-hmm. surprised. Uh
1: huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Keep keep that optimism.
2: <laughs> it's a new day. We can all celebrate. Keep. I got a feeling this is gonna bite me in the ass, isn't it? Uh,
1: just the other cheek, though. It'll bite you in the other cheek. how, how, how about that? That'll help you. That'll probably soften the blow a little. The good news, communities across the country are trying to fix that by developing their own community broadband network and some members of Congress trying to help. Led by Congresswoman uh, Eshoo, Congress recently introduced H.R. 4814, the Community Broadband Act of 2018, to empower local citizens to explore community broadband as a means to introduce uh, to induce competition in lower prices. In a particular, the bill tackles barriers raised by laws in more than 20 states that prevent local communities from building their own networks. If the bill passes, it could clear the way for explosion of new ex- Experimentation. While not all community broadband efforts have flourished, several markets that have embraced community broadband option, options have suc- succeeded in offering faster and cheaper broadband access. For example, Chattanooga, Tennessee, long ago devel- deployed a community broadband network from the local ut- utility after they found they were being left behind in the digital age. Today, the people, uh, the people of the city, pay seventy dollars a month for symmetrical gigabit service, which is comparable to many Google Fiber micro- markets. And while it may not make sense in every community, denying people the opportunity to explore the option in its entirety is effectively greenlights the local monopoly to engage in anti-consumer conduct. In EFS's own backyard, San Francisco, the local government is actively exploring building its own fiber octave platform for all cor- uh, for all comers to sell broadband access to its citizens. And it has proactively committed to supporting network neutrality and user privacy. The city's feasibility and economic an- analysis estimates it can make high-speed broadband available to all of its residents and affordable to all income levels. If successful, it could be modeled by, for many other major cities. Community broadband might not be a household term yet but then neither was net neutrality just a few years ago we're thrilled to see lawmakers, city officials and uh, and ordinary citizens take up the cause community broadband isn't a complete solution to the FCC decision to abandon its role in protecting net neutrality or congress's outrageous decision to gut consumer privacy but it's a good start like I said it's the other cheek that bit you in
3: okay
1: Yep. Guess what? Uh, I, all right, Paul, would you go yeah, first. So,
3: my uh, my biggest complaint here really is uh, the f- full throated endorsement of uh, the San Francisco plan because it, yeah, you can make something like a community broadband affordable, but you're going to be pilfering the taxpayer on the other end of things in order to support that. Yep. Uh. The only way I would endorse a plan like that were to be happening here in Indianapolis is if it were made to be self-funding. Hmm. And if you make it self-funding, then all you just created was another company. Exactly.
1: But can a government actually create a real, a true, like a self-like um, funding project? Have they ever done anything like that?
3: Uh, Well, see, that's the problem. The moment it starts to head under, or it has a bad quarter operating, they throw money from other slush funds at it. And, you know, Comcast, uh, Spectrum, you know, Time Warner is now Spectrum, but whatever. uh, They don't have the luxury of, you know... Oh yeah, well we were a little bit behind on our earnings. Um, we're just gonna dip into the property tax slash fund, or you know, let's let's just uh, maneuver some money from the road spending over here and uh, patch that hole.
1: Yeah, yeah, they don't have that opportunity. But the other thing I dislike about the whole thing, right? If you like get into it, right, is the simple fact that it's like. And it is going to be yeah. You know, it's going to be that government funding with it, right? And that, their like their biggest plan to this thing is like it's going to be gigabit, and they're going to run copper cable, not copper, like so like fiber octave cable, to all these, um, like to everyone's house. This sounds outrageously expensive. Um, it's will it be helpful? Yeah, but what's the point? Um, wouldn't it be better just to sit uh, get cash, sit on it, wait to I don't know, the. Uh, 5G mark, uh, the like the the fifth generation of um, uh, for, for like what 5G LTE comes out, and just use that instead, and just lower the rules. But the other thing is, it's like the understanding, like a lot of the issues that we're having with ISPs, or is, is the it's not from knowledge or money. It's more of governments just standing in the way, because you know. It's they're like, we're going to build all this so other companies can come in and do it. It's like, okay, well, why can't you just, you know, get other things all the way and just let companies build the whole thing? You
2: know? And I think that some communities are going to do that. So, what I like about this article and, and, and the kind of direction you're going is that they're realizing that there is the real problem is lack of um the lack of competition, right? So I know the city of Anderson is doing that where they do broadband for the entire city, mm-hmm. um, as an alternative to, uh, and it's, it's wireless broadband, right? So it's Wi-Fi basically for everybody in the city. They put up hotspots all over <coughs> the city, right? Um, so there's, there's that type of thing. And where I live at, there's a co-op now it's a privately owned co-op, which is, I think is the, the most optimal way of doing this stuff. Um, where the, the private organization owns all the wires and ran all the, all the cables, mm-hmm. um, if you're a member and getting service, you're a part owner of the of the uh, uh, the company, as it were. So you can demand good service all the time. You're going to get more response for everything you do. I get great service. I get uh, whenever I will need anything, I just call them up and it's taken care of. Um, the question is, is that at least this is getting people talking about the right issue, not trying to force this all down as a nationwide solution, as it were.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is better because then you can just create solutions that each small individual market needs instead of this is what, you know, this is what, you know, this is what the nation is getting and this is what, you know, this is what everyone's getting. Deal with it and just move on. And then...
2: Right. Well, well, the thing that it says in the article is we need competition or we need experimentation mm -hmm. to find the best solution. Right open up that experimentation. You're going to find through experimentation. We all know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The experimentation is going to provide that the best solution is going to be private industry doing this. Yep. Every time. Yep.
1: Well, like the other places, like um, there's um, like here in India, there's tons of dark fiber everywhere which people can tap into and uh, not people, i uh, get that wrong, like people that can tap into. No, yes and no... People can tap into it. Okay, I could never see one down this rabbit hole. Um, but there's fiber octave cables like all littered all the way through, like a lot of places in Indianapolis, especially in this side of town, going up to Fort Bend, um, where I live. So it's I've and I and AT and T did a good job because they were getting some competition for it because they were running DSL service to the five. Um, they were creating small fiber point um, po- uh, junction boxes or. Is that what they're called? No, it's not junction boxes. What are they in a DSL? Um, oh, crap baskets. Um, well, they're, they're
2: access points. I just don't remember what they're called. Yeah,
1: yeah I can't remember what they're called. yet. they're basically access for the DSL, and your speed's based on how far you're away from this thing, so they just started building many of them across this fiber line, you know, up to the main hub. So you basically, it's like, it's like, how are you on DSL access? Because, like, I'm on DSL till it gets, like, down my block, and then it's fiber. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, instead of just running fiber to my house, I have a, um, I have a DSL line, but it's a solid DSL line because it only goes b- half a b- you know block down the street, and, and I'm on fi- and I'm back on fiber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But to me, like, but d- uh, it works for me. a speed I does. I don't have I don't. Um, I needed a business line when I first got it. Um, I don't need it anymore. I needed the up, I needed the down from it. Comcast wouldn't give me a business line, and AT&T would, so that's why I have my DSL line. And I got
3: the and I got. Well, I know. I, know. Hmm?
2: I got a a brother-in-law who's who's living in an area of Indiana where he's like two miles away from the nearest DSL point. He can't get fiber can't get wireless. I mean, he has no internet connectivity. The only thing he can do is, like, buy a a 4G hotspot and use that for his internet connection.
1: Ouch. Ouch. Yeah, that's understandable, because, like, a a, a
2: month, and if you try to watch any video, you, you... ...situation. So he's able to find... He found an unlimited, you know, 4G, and he's paying them for that, so he's able to get it now, but... On, a, on a, like a grandfather plan that he had from something else, but he so he got lucky there, but that's that's the thing is that because the, there's a, a law in that area that's limiting anybody from coming in and giving him the protected, I think it's AT&T in his area, right? So AT&T doesn't see the need to go out there and give him service. So he's we need competition to get to those people.
1: Uh, let's see, I just got five bits from um, Dookie Twinkle. Thanks, Dookie Twinkle. Thanks for the bits. Uh, you can, um, if you uh, usually type in just cheer, and then you can just put five, and you don't have to put cheer five times. You can just go cheer and the numeral five right next to it. Take up that one and put it in five, and then it'll come in as like one five or whatever number
3: of cheer you want to give. But I, I, I do you know. No, we, we need as much spam as possible.
2: yeah people like to spam the ones man that's
1: makes it all splashy just gotta make it rain gotta make it make gotta make it wane oh oh, no it's okay i'm just you know i hey when i was first doing i had to get learn how to do bits when i first came up here to twitch
2: that's the thing i understand is a lot is people are like well i don't know this i'm trying to learn it of course you are everybody is always trying to learn everything yep that's the whole that's our human experience and when people start acting like, "Well, you should know this by now," or "You should," they didn't know it at one point. They had to learn it, so they need to get off that. It, it's it's ridiculous attitude that is really starting to annoy me on the internet.
1: Yeah, that's Lacy. Is she? Did she fall asleep? then, uh, uh, We just got a uh, grandma just dropped off a, a new swing. Crazy grandma just uh, uh, dropped off a new swing for Gunther. And she apparently likes it, and she just fell asleep in. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Got derailed there. I apologize.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Got derailed like a train full of Republicans. Oh. (laughs) Oh
1: that's um, uh, that's cold dude that's cold i did not I didn't want to cover that
3: because that, I wasn't sure if spangle wanted to do that tomorrow or not uh well, let's not steal his thunder but uh I just wanted to make the joke
2: did he put it on the did he put it on the trello?
1: no, he did not put it on the trello board but it wasn't me the first time he wanted to cover something he didn't put it on the trello board he was just like oh yeah by the way this is also I want I want to talk about this can we talk about this I'm just real quick and I'm, and I am looking at him like you know it's like really real oh oof oh what is lazy cooking oh it's hurting my eyes all right so if I start crying that's why also I posted in the chat the HR uh, 4814 bill um, so you guys need to do that. that be um, if you guys want to look that over. I'm not going to read this bill. It's not that long. It's only what like really two pages. Uh, it's not that long. We could read well, it. The
2: problem with these bills. The problem with these bills is that they're always like uh, amend section such so and so of other law with this word. So you have to go pull that one up and go figure out what they're adjusting. And it's uh, it's kind of annoying that way where. Just to figure out a small two-page bill, you end up having to pull up six different bills or laws that are on the books, right? So, just to see what they're saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, correct. Which that be a uh, um, cool uh, um Reinhold TV moment if you just spent spent like like Sunday mornings just reading bills? We should do that. Just-
2: oh yeah, I'm sure I would just get uh, so many people. What names? <laughs> hey, hey C-span junkie.
1: C-span junkie <laughs> has all the subscribers, and all he does is. Redo c spray stuff. Oh, thank you, thank you, Farkas Nugent, for, for the five bits. Yeah, yeah, because that's some of stuff like Ryan and I were talking like late last night. It's like, you know, about like the human experience on like learning new things, getting through, so like, and the ability to change, grow, and walk back things. That's you know, it's a beautiful thing. We had, we had a very, very beautiful conversation that we should have recorded. Um, yeah, I was thinking
2: about that after we, we... How long did we talk? Was it about four hours, yeah, five hours? four hours. It
1: was like 1.30 <laughs> in the morning. I'm like, I need to go to bed. <laughs> you know? But, yeah. Uh, let's see. In other news... Uh, let's see. I have no bits. I cannot cheer. You'll have to get bits, Chris. You have to farm bits, okay? Gotta get the grinding. Or you can use cash to buy bits, but... You know, that's up to you, but uh, like I said, you can just watch ads and farm bits. I farmed all the way up to 500 bits one time. It took me a while. It took me like, I want to say, five days to get 500 bits. And I did it to get a... On my other account, uh, Legend of Hans, I did that to get my um, uh, uh, the Halloween and the uh, holiday bit um, special emotes, because... Twitch will also give you special emotes depending on how many bits you will um, uh, you give out to, which hopefully our subs will be able to get their Dear Leader emotes. Um, waiting on that. Um, gave Dear Leader access to the Twitch channel. I broke my rule in texting a password and texting the um, uh, two-factor to him. <laughs> but, um... Um, he got in changed he's been changing things on the uh, on the uh, on the twitch base so it started to look nice that's a lot of that is all like dear leader stuff I know leave me alone it's I needed him to do it, and he wouldn't work with me, and he wouldn't, you know, and it's been, he's been busy at work, so I couldn't just go to his job and just put his stuff in the computer for him and walk off, but here, no, there. Anyways, sugar cream pies, official pie of Indiana, regardless of what anyone says, that's the pie of Indiana. Anyone else who says differently, they're wrong. Um, sweet Sugar cream pies and tendernoids and, and corn is the only things you really need to eat in Indiana. Moving on, because there's no discussion of that one. Um, let's see
2: split a cream pie. You gotta think about that.
3: Uh, just give me a good slice of a pecan pie.
1: Well, someone's getting bad. Pecan pie's disgusting. And this article right here, uh, well, not really articles, is was fresh released. I want to talk about it a little bit that um, Escalja brought up. Right before we um, got on air, talking about the FDA proposes new risk-based enforcement priorities to protect consumers from potentially harmful, unproven homeopathic drugs. Can you believe that the FDA is trying to protect us from uh, homeopathic drugs? So, Skj, you want to you want to talk yeah, about
2: Well, hmm? what's up? Oh, you, go ahead, Escalja. You can go into that. I have a few comments, but I'll leave that till the end.
3: Uh, well. You know, I'm gonna be the bad libertarian on this, and I'm gonna have to say, I uh, it's about time the FDA did just about anything about homeopathic. Uh, like quite frankly, mm-hmm. if we're going to have a regulatory agency that is supposed to look at efficacy, we mm-hmm. should actually look at the things being brought onto market and see if they are having any amount of efficacy to them
2: and it's not necessarily anti-libertarian so here's the thing there are some issues with some homeopathic drugs that are not um obvious to a lot of people so uh, there are some homeopathic drugs that a lot of people take that can cause problems if you're trying to do certain things like if you're having a surgery but if you're taking echinacea echinacea thins the blood and can cause problems with that surgery. right So there are there are effects that those drugs do have on your body. I am for uh, somebody looking at the efficacy, as you say of the uh, of these drugs just so that we know what they do. we know what the the, uh, the positives and the negatives are for that, and they should be putting that information out for everybody. I look at it more like it should be done like the United – or the Underwriters Laboratory does, where it's a private organization that is focused on that one role, right? They they look at the – so we don't have a governmental body regulating electronic equipment, right? So electronics is a very dangerous thing if you're not careful. Underwriters Laboratory is there, and they test all of those equipments, and, and people are more comfortable buying things that have been tested by Underwriters Laboratory for that reason. so So why not have the same thing for drugs where you have an organization a non-governmental organization that's focused without politics on the proper um understanding of what all these drugs do both the official prescription drugs and homeopathics and anything else you put in your body for that purpose putting the information out and letting people make that decision that's what we should be doing there not necessarily having it as a Governmental organization, which then introduces politics, which then introduces laws, that causes more harm in the end than good, in my opinion. All right.
0: Um,
1: all right. So we got some things from chat. Um, one, but what about my, my my male super vitality? That's from Farquhar Um We also they also <laughs> want to know what process do they use to judge efficacy? Echinacea is not okay. homeopathic. How high does the percentage? No, it's it's technically
2: technically it's not. So so homeopathic. Uh, when they're talking about homeopathic, it's uh, there's kind of a joke that uh, the Tim mentioned I was talking about last night has made, where it's basically the idea that memory has wa- that water has memory, right? So you can yeah. put a drop of something and then diluted, it diluted, diluted, dilute 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 and it retains the memory of what was in it before, but it doesn't apparently retain all the poop that was in that water before. But that's just another thing. Um, oh, so <laughs>
3: well, you see, the reason for that is you have to shake it a very specific way. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. shake no, it's Drill it's magic water. Um, yeah, it's it's just water. It's all just... But yes, echinacea, if I'm not mistaken, is an herbal supplement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Correct. And a lot of people conflate the two. Uh, homeopathic medicine specifically refers to that which they take a sample of and they dilute it in water say say you take one the smallest drop of water or smallest drop of a substance used in modern medicine is one sixtieth of I believe of a milliliter that's it and if you took that and put it in a sample of water Uh, that's that small. And homeopathics does it by diluting it into one part in 100. And a very common preparation is to take that and dilute it in another part in 100. And you do that a certain number of times. It's normally... 30 times or 100 times uh, are the two very common preparations. If you take just a one droplet and you dilute it that much, though, you're looking at essentially a sphere of water that's 155 light-years in diameter, and you're looking for that single droplet of effective substance in that entire sphere. Chemically, homeopathic remedies are water. And I see that uh, we're pulling up the homeopathic Wikipedia page, which is a great Wikipedia entry uh, on it. It has so many sources. But, no. My problem is that the sellers of homeopathic remedies are essentially claiming things in a fraudulent manner.
2: Yep. Right, they're they're making claims that they can't prove. Right, so they can't. They're not backed up by, you know, actual evidence, lab evidence, uh, testing, that sort of thing. So. Uh, people believe them, they read it, they go, oh, this takes care of this, so I'm just going to start taking that, and then they think it's going to work out. I have to be careful, because my wife is uh, sort of kind of into a little bit of homeopathy, but not nearly as much as she has normal medicine, so that's good. At least she's not gone down the bend that far.
1: This is not going to affect my glucosamine, right? So like my glucosamine is going to well, be fine. Just won't touch my glucosamine.
2: Well, if you uh, uh, if you drink water does it affect your glucosamine? Uh,
1: no. No, I take it with water. That it then then it will. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about um just want to make sure I'm okay. So like my glucosamine for my So so, so and
2: uh, well so when you when you um when we talk about the um, the water tables and how there's some um, radioactive material in the water. Mhm. We talk about how small minute amount is actually in there compared to the whole of the water that you're drinking it's kind of the same thing there's like there's a very tiny amount of this um in the actual water the 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 solution that you're getting hmm. is like ninety nine point nine 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 percent water with a tiny little bit of something in
3: there it's uh, effectively not you know try adding about 100 for sure. zeros. i i'm trying to be yeah I'm trying yeah. to be uh,
2: a little kind to the to the field but hope, yeah it's it's effectively there. that you you're 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 getting like an atom in that whole bottle there might be an atom of that material in it uh, the theory yeah. the theory behind this i mean that's the theory behind it is that the water then retains the memory of that in the water and helps it turn it into the whole thing it's All kind right. of like turning wine into water, almost. All
1: right. Let's see. Um, let's see. Here in the chats. Jackson's yep, a homeopath. Nothing. Go on. Uh, it's a wicked kinder. I pretty much believe that most homeopathic remedies are more so a function of mind over body. I take these two drops to feel better. I think I feel better, so I get out and ex- exercise. Endorphins kick in and I actually feel better, etc. cetera, et, cetera, et cetera.
2: Well, there is a placebo effect to a lot of... That yep. if you study placebo effect, it is actually a real thing, and it is something can be used in science right. for that purpose. Right,
1: Dookie Twinkle. What about fluoride in our water? How safe are y'all to drink that? Um, now, see fluoride in the water. You're not safe to drink your fluoride in the water. you should Get your filters. Get your filters here at uh. Yeah, the special food. wall brand filters. Um, yeah. <laughs> I should buy some of the fluoride filters that it I use excited and buy the stack yeah, wall, wall stickers sick. on them all. Get them at the wall merch shop. This is what I use. Um, Alright. now. uh, Let's see the fluoride in the water. um, Now, see, I don't like the fluoride in the water because I don't like the the dosage level that they try to sell you that you get that you're supposed to get with it, Um, and that doesn't affect that. uh, I don't like the idea of bathing in fluoride and we're cooking with fluoride and watching the exposure to it but at the same time I know that it is safe for myself to drink it if I need to but I still like to filter it out out of certain cases and the other things that are in the water like um, here in Indiana we have incredibly hard water here people filter that you know get that filtered out or um here in uh, Lawrence we get uh, they use lots of lots of chlorine because all the time and it would get you know so that gets filtered out so I filter that out I get the fluoride right out and I try to get water just just jills or water out that's
2: you know so, so the, hmm? there's a there's a filter you can buy uh, so, like the Brita filters, there's a filter you can buy called Zero Water. Mm-hmm. I recommend it wholeheartedly because if you look at what it does, they actually give you a tester for all the um, for a lot of different chemicals and and hard materials that are in your water. Mm-hmm. So you can take tap water, and you'll see how many, you know, how many parts per million ha- it has of some of these materials, and it'll be like two, three hundred. And you, you get bottled water, and you can see like ninety, a hundred. You filter. the the tap water or the bottled water through this zero filter and then you test it and it shows zero right so it does a really good job of filtering out a lot of these materials I don't know if it's I don't think it's filtering out fluoride so that's another process you're going to have to run through but this does get like the hard water out the uh, the iron and, the, and all the other chemicals that are in there and it, it makes it basically straight h2o as best as it can
1: the majority of water filters i really don't want to turn this into the water filter show but what most majority <laughs> of water filtration will not filter out fluoride it just won't um because of the shape of it and how small it is do you order to get fluoride well, it, out it, of your water you have to use reverse osmosis that's it that's it exactly Right. nothing else works so
2: yeah because because basically the, the the fluoride attaches to the water in a way that you just can't do it with any kind of carboning or mm-hmm. or small grain filtering processes, right? So that's that's more for getting rid of, of iron and lead deposits, things like that out of the water. <laughs> but if you but if you check, that stuff is in bottled water. Bottled water is really nothing more than someone going and filling up tap water and putting it in a bottle.
1: Unless it is reverse osmosis filtered.
2: Exactly. And then reverse osmosis of water taste kind of
1: yank you know what I'm saying yeah yeah yeah. But, uh, I put a little salt in it if I'm honest kosher salt um but yeah five stage yeah but you can get a reverse osmosis system like five Yeah, five stage reverse osmosis system you can get one if you can fit underneath your sink so you can just pff, on demand get freaking tap water or you can go to like there's a lot of local companies you can probably go to that does reverse osmosis system they drop waters off your house get a little water cooler it's really nice um mhm uh, let's see, don't let the FDA find out your supplement is effective. It, or it won't, and it won't go away here it's like, yeah, I don't know if my glucosamine is effective, I've been doing it since my MMA days and I love it, it makes me feel good uh, it makes my joints stop hurting um, the FDA is trying to ban endorphins, <laughs> uh, don't forget your essential, uh, Christie says, don't forget your essential oils, you know I always wanted to take an essential oil class they always talk about it at yoga and really hear about this stuff, you know Let's see. Um, My wife
2: does essential oils. She's real big into essential oils and she loves it. But it's more of a of a mind mood thing. Yeah. Like the, the the smells can kind of alter your moods a little bit and make you feel better a certain way that way, which, you know, is reasonable to to, to say it's a lot more than you know it's a lot more reasonable going there than to say the homeopathy works. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying?
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I like it too. Um uh, especially, like, when I'm doing yoga, when I am trying to get into the better, medit- deeper meditative states. Um, you know, before I did don't, yoga, don't... I could meditate, but finding out that there's other states of meditation, other places, and you can get so deep, and which I right. didn't know, and which is, like, it's... You know, I just learned just to... I, I feel like a little bit I've learned, I feel like I've just really just scratched the surface on meditation, which, you know...
2: So just a quick question, uh, a little side note: Do you uh, enjoy beat poetry in any way?
1: The what poetry?
2: Beat poetry.
1: I don't know what beat poetry is.
2: You don't know what beat poetry is? Uh, maybe I'm an older guy, so that's from us, mostly from the '70s, but people still do it. So it's a, it's kind of a rhythmic poem. Poem. It's almost musical. Mm. Um, there's so when I was, when I talk about Tim mention he has a uh, an animated short called Storm. That's a uh, basically a four four or five minute beat poet beat poem, but it's very hilarious, and it, it touches on a lot of these topics uh, because he's he runs into a woman who's just so like hippie into homeopathy and new age. You know, yeah, it, she's way new age, and he's trying to deal with her because he's like. You know, he's very science focused, right? Mm-hmm. And he's talking about, well, don't you believe in natural remedies? And he's like, well, yeah, I just took one today. I had a real bad headache. I took something from the bark of a willow tree. And it was it had a weird name. What was it? Oh, yeah, it was called aspirin. You know, I got it for like four bucks down at the store. Um, <laughs> so he's like, do you know what they call alternative medicine? Because alternative medicine is medicine that has either not been proved to work or mm-hmm. been proved not to work. What do they call alternative medicine that has been proved to work? Medicine. Right? <laughs> so he just, he, it's just a, a great destruction of some of that stuff. It's hilarious to listen to. So I recommend it to anybody to watch. It's called Storm, Tim Minchin.
1: See, I've done that in uh, Scouts, was the uh, whole like take the bark off the tree to get rid of a headache, or the um, rub your uh, hands on like the um, get the stuff off the aspen tree the dust that comes yeah. off for like natural sunblock. Now like I just did it for the badge. I didn't need the sunblock block, obviously. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, the, the, it's a
2: racist scouts organization, <laughs> isn't it?
1: There's <laughs> like four black people. And the white people like, oh yeah, more sunblock. We're like, Alright, we know about it. It's like, no you gotta do it to get the badge. Pfft. <sighs> you know I got this weird looking arm, one arm well you might need to save
2: some you might need to save some white man so to person, uh, that's protect him yeah <laughs> you do your civic duty
1: yeah uh, yes a whole home filter probably would be a little expensive but you could probably um, limit because there's some things you need to filter some things you don't so you can only put the you can put filters you need- where you need it like um your shower places you drink but when it comes to um, where you don't need non-potable water so like your toilet washing your hands, those don't need to be filtered out, so, yeah, it, it could be expensive, but you, as long as you limit to what you want to filter, and it's not that bad, actually, just gets annoying when you have like, crap, I've got to change all these filters, which, um, um, my wife has, like, you know, you know, her skin's very sensitive to it, and she can tell me what the filters are going bad, because she said the water will almost feel like acid to her at that point, so, all right, so, I think we've talked this FDA thing a lot longer than I expected to. nearly nine o'clock on this thing. <laughs> Freaking homeopathy crap! All right. What, what, what is what, what is this link? Robert Murphy has really. Oh, was just, that, was just, that was perception. just a link
2: to this. Oh, hmm? oh you linked to yeah. It was just linked to the storm thing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Just for anybody who wanted to see it.
1: The storm thing. Yeah, it's very so, funny. Anybody want to clip that, take right, hold out of context. <laughs> Yep. You know everyone's going to use that clip for you. Right out of context. Right out of context. You can't say... St-
2: right. Hmm? What are they going to take out of contact?
1: Right. You, you're uh, it to that storm thing. <laughs> <laughs> the storm thing, baby. Yep. The front of it? Yep. We're... The front of the storm thing. Thanks, Gunther. Thanks, <laughs> Gunther. Guthrie laughed. The crown. Pro- uh, all right, so UK prosecutors admit destroying key emails in Julian Assange case. Oh no! Just can't hold on to these emails. What's? Emails are so hard to hold on to. So,
2: do we need to have a class on <laughs> document retention that people in government have to
1: go through? I know. Right? Can you? Can you imagine being a private in? private industry that did like trade deals right and you lose emails after some trade or anything <laughs> or jail time baby right you know or yeah especially if you're the tech that's like oh i'm sorry to retain that oh you know <laughs> oh, well, i've
2: had to do that for i've had to do that for businesses and it guy where i've come in and didn't did discovery mm-hmm uh, when, when they were doing discovery processes for lawsuits and had to go back through old backups of email systems from ten years before, mm-hmm. uh, we had to build the old email systems didn't work anymore, and load up all the data and do searches through mm-hmm. certain keywords to pull all that records for them. So they had to do they had to do this. So the law is basically that if you have a retention and if you do a backup policy, then you're required to provide it. So there are some companies who will just say our retention policy is we don't keep anything past two years so if you try to come at us for something after that we have no legal requirement to give it to right right so that's how they're getting around that but Mm -hmm. in government you're supposed to I mean the law in the governments is that they're supposed to save everything no matter what somewhere supposed to store all communications Mm -hmm. and how are those systems failing so miserably time and time and time again you know either there's Some manipulation going on, for cover-up purposes or whatever, or there's gross incompetence happening in the systems. or failures in the systems that they'd better start addressing, or there's going to be some issues.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And it just makes you wonder, like, how how could this happen? when there's so you know, there's so much ability, so much out there that saves. So much like hard drives are so much easier to give us warning when a hard drive is going to fail. Ain't they right? Yeah. There's also
2: a lot of ways to get data off of failed hard drives. Yeah, I mean, you, we have to go through processes destroying hard drives just so that CIA can't get a hold of them and do low-level detection and pull that data back off, right? So you can't, just, you can't just erase it because erasing it leaves the data there. So you try to do a wipe of it, right? So if you do a uh, zero-level pass on it, they still can get in there and do side-channel detection on that data and pull that data off. So you have to multi, multi-pass through there on the on the, the overriding of the of the data you can't just um, expect that then you're supposed to you need to drill it with with uh, drills so you can completely destroy it which I think is what they were doing in the Hillary case where they were destroying the hard drives
1: now when it comes right. to hard drive deletion you're kind you're right and you're not all the way there like all right when it comes to most the CIA they can come at it if you only wipe it a, do like a one-pass zero wipe onto it. You are correct with that. Right. Um, with a enough time, enough te- tech, you can't get it. Now, with a two or three-pass wipe on it, the data is gone on a modern yeah. hard drive.
2: Yeah. But you have to you have to go through that process to delete it in a way that you can never get it back. Even a failed hard drive. If you, so there's a program called Spinrite. Yeah. That. Bypass is the, right. the, yeah. Steve Gibson. Um, Steve Gibson is the man. Okay. It's, if you want to know anything about security, mm-hmm. um, this guy is the one who figured out the, how botnets work and he, he coined the term botnet. He's a mm-hmm. genius. He's, he codes in, in, in actual machine language. Most people don't do that anymore. Um, but. Uh, so go go listen to him sometime. The
1: seven pass wipes. The are problem good is, is that whip, uh, for old hard drives, for new hard drives, seven pass wipes is a little too much. You don't have to do it. You've got to do
2: Right. Great. So no point. especially especially with a uh, with solid state, you can really uh, take take that down a notch. But the the thing is with with the spin hard drives is that his tool will actually uh, bypass the uh, the OS and. Do side channeling on that data and get it off of there on, on data that it can't that normally you couldn't read. Mm-hmm. He can actually still read those bits and move them off of there yep. in a way that uh, can recover the data off of it uh, on a failed hard drive because it's never used, because the way the the drives work is you have sectors and it's not usually the whole sector that's that's damaged. It's usually part of the sector, so he can read parts of the sector and be able to fill some of that stuff in and be able to pull that data off still with that tool so and there's another company called Ontrack. these guys are geniuses at getting data off of off of failed systems we had a system where we had uh, a raid fail mm-hmm. two drives at the same time which destroyed the raid and we couldn't get the data back we sent it to them and they said they couldn't need the data we begged them because this was was million-dollar projects and mm-hmm. stuff like that so they reconfigured their algorithm and they were able to pull that data nice. off of those failed drives and saved our bacon. Nice. So this idea that you can't get that data is gone. I seriously doubt that it's really gone. It's just how much effort and money do you want to put into recovering that data? Great. Yeah. Right. But what gets me is that these are lawyers. Lawyers are so ingrained in their head that they have to save everything. Mm-hmm. Every piece of paper is documented and stored in you know, filing systems that that would make you just you make your head explode trying to figure some of that the the amount of work that they go through in this this is what they live for, mm-hmm. right? So the the fact that lawyers lost this data is kind of telling me. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Uh, something in the chat. Yeah, offside. Yeah, yeah. All these offside backups, laser t- tape backups. Yeah, you know, all this stuff from uh, Farkas Newgan, We can kinder if you have written policy of we don't retain over emails over twelve months. Then scot Free at least in the state of uh, Georgia education. Wow, that's twelve months. That's nice. Yeah, awesome.
2: I've, I've, I've seen lower than that on some, some company that I was working for. They said, well, we don't keep anything after three months. And I'm like, how do you get away with that? I mean, they right? <laughs> <you know>, said, <it's laughs> as long as it's your policy that you don't retain that, mm-hmm. they can't come after you for it I on see. discovery.
1: Yeah. Um, Doogie Twinkle, wipe it like a cloth. Yes. Wipe hard dress like a cloth. Wicked Kinder, D-Ban, boot, nuke. Yep. D-Ban or Derek's boot and nuke. It's a very, very great th- system. It's. Wipes drives very very well. It does a very very yep. very very good job. Uh, all, uh, taking your shotgun out back and shooting a, um, a hard drive, um, that data's still there. Um, you want to be able to. Do, you got to be able to store the platters. And perfectly honest, like the. Um, the when I had to destroy a hard drive of stuff that was on it, I ran D-ba- uh, I did D-band on it. I did uh, Well, the, before I ran D-band on it, I encrypted the hard drive. Once I encrypted it, uh, I destroyed the key that I used to make uh, to encrypt the hard drive, and then I D-band that hard drive, and uh, then I proceeded to throw it in a chipper, and then mix it with aluminum cans. So, all the aluminum got mixed up with all that stuff, so it was fun times. So,
2: so here's my point. The point is though is that if you have to go through all this effort to really get rid of data, mm-hmm. how can they just come and say, Oh, we lost the data? Well they Yeah, I've yeah. no technically idea. Technically somewhere. Yeah. If they wanted to get it.
1: Right. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Like if the if the hard drive still exists that's the thing is like all right, I have wiped um for a company I used to work for, we have wiped government issued hard drives before. And when they yeah. come in, they uh they have so many like uh, inventory controls on the hard drive in the first place that before we even touched it so it boggles my mind how this happens but let's get through the article and stop subspec- uh, you know speculating going through it let let's let let's, let's, let's jump into the thing Okay, yep. the Crown Prosecution Service is facing embarrassment after admitting it destroyed key emails relating to the WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, who is holed up in the Ecuador's London embassy f- uh, fighting our tradition. Email exchanges between the CPS and the Swedish counterparts over the high-profile case were deleted after the lawyer at the UK end retired in 2014. So they retired and they deleted their emails. It's CPS's Crown Prosecution Services, sort. All right, so everyone in America, that's what you know, thinks CPS or something else. The Druxman potentially sensitive, revealing information comes ahead of a tribunal hearing in London next week. Adding, uh, adding to the intrigue, it emerged the CPS lawyer involved had uncountable uh, accountability uh, advised the Swedes in 2010 or 2011 not to visit London to interview Assange. An interview at that time could have prevented the long-running embassy standoff the cps responding to questions from the guardian denied there any legal implication of the data loss of of an assange case if it were to come to court in the future asked if the cps had any idea what was destroyed a spokeswoman said we have no way of knowing the content of of email accounts once they have been deleted assange's wikileaks have been involved in a series of controversial leaks that include the iraq war logs u s state department cables democratic party emails and was wanted by Sweden as part of the preliminary investigation into rape allegations, Sweden dropped the investigation in May. The detractors of Assange who sought refuge in Ecuador's embassy in 2012 accuse him of collaborating with Russian propagandists in undermining Hillary Clinton's bid for the presidency and helping Donald Trump secure it. Supporters of Assange fear he could have been extradited to the U.S. from Sweden and my uh, thank, Oh, Dookie Twigle, thanks for the follow. I thought you followed last time but I am got know. Uh, supporters of Assange fear he could have been extradited to the U.S. from Sweden and might yet f- from the U.K. The U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions said this year Assange was a priority for the Justice Department, and U.S. federal prosecutors are believed to consider charges against him over the leaks. The CPS data destruction was disclosed in Freedom of Information or Florida case, uh, being pursued by the Italian journalist uh, Stefan M- 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 Mario, um, Mario, a reporter for the Republica, has covered WikiLeaks since 2009. Has been pr- pressing both the CPS and the Swedish counterparts for information relating to the Assange extradition. Unhappy with the limited material released so far, she is taking her case against the CPS to an information tribunal on Monday and Tuesday. It is incredible to me these records about an ongoing high-profile pro- case have been destroyed. I think they have something to hide. Missouri said. She is keen to establish how much influence the U.K. had in the decision of the Swedish authorities at the time not to travel to London to interview Assange. She is also looking for evidence of U.S. involvement in extradition moves. She unearthed two years ago through a Fourier request. To the Swedish prosecutors an email from a lawyer in the CPS extradition unit on the 25th of January 2011 saying, my earlier advice remains that in my view it would not be prudent for the Swedish authorities to try to interview the defendant in the UK. The sentence was redacted in an email obtained by Missouri from the CPS under a FOIA request but not when it was released under a FOIA request from the Swedish prosecutors. Assange declined to travel to Sweden at that time and expressing his fear was a ruse that could um, could pave the way for his extradition to the US. His lawyers offered a compromise in which Swedish investigators could interview him in person in London or by a video link, but the Swedish authorities did not take up on the offer at that time. A legal manager at the CPS, Mohammed Sheman, was who has been dealing with the FOIA request, said in lengthy witness statements in August this year that the Assange case file um, compromises mainly 55 lever uh, uh, lever arch files, 1 A4 file, and a selection of other papers. It's a 55 lever arch file. Oh. 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 So it's these gigantic, like, those big, like, those big folder things that people see. I'm sorry. Don't be like, hopefully no one's in the comment, like, oh, you don't know what one of those are. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't know what a, what an A4 is, and a, you know, I had to figure that out. But now I know, okay? You got hit to your lingo. And it's linked to the paper file. He added, it was very unlikely that the CPS held further significance email and correspondence, but just 11 days before the hearing, Gemma sent a further statement saying a uh, search of electro... Electronic records found data associated with the lawyer who had been in touch with the Swedish prosecutors was deleted when he, re- he retired and cannot be recovered. He retired in t- March 2014. Uh, ch- ch- Jennifer Robinson, a D- uh, Doughty Street Chambers barrister, and Nestle Donan, who were specialised in freedom of information, will be representing Morizuri in the tribunal. Robinson, who has also represented Assange, said the missing information raises concerns about the Crown Prote- uh, uh, Prosecution Services data retention policy, and what internal mechanisms are in place to review their conduct on this case, in light of the fact that the UK has been found to have breached its internal obligations. A United Nations uh, panel last year found Assange has been arbitrarily detained by the UK and Sweden. Robinson said the CPS has disclosed some material which is very limited. We know there is more, she added. Serious questions must be asked about the role of the CPS Have The Swedes interviewed Assange back in 2010. One wonders whether the case would have continued for such a long time. The Swedes had interviewed many other people in the UK in relation to other cases, Robertson said. We had long been offering the Swedish prosecutors Assange's testimony since October 2010. We didn't know at the time that the CPS was advising them not to take up the offer. The CPS spokesperson, in response to a question from the Guardian, uh, why such important documents were destroyed, said the email account was deleted following the retirement, in accordance with standard procedure. Asked if, uh, if it was CPS policy that documents relating to a live court case should be destroyed, the spokesperson said, "Individual to whom you refer was a lawyer in the CPS extradition unit discussing matters relating to extradition proceedings, which concluded in 2012. The case was therefore not live when the email account was deleted." He added, most casework papers and related material are stored for three years following the collusion proceedings, or for the duration of the convicted and defendant's uh, sentence plus three months. In some cases, material may be held longer. Okay. Now. Okay, so. Apparently, so it does kind of feel like a, that that massive cover-up that um, um, that you were bringing up about uh, um, because so, or it could just be on a mistake because, granted, right, the person whose email account was, hey, got deleted, he turned off his email account, boom, and then he just took out the emails. Alright? That's that's like the every man, like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm hmm, mm hmm. But then it's like, well, it's not a live court case, but it is a live court case, but it's. And then you also see these back channel d- deals are talking about how the UK government. W- possibly was involved with him trying to get uh, to extradite him over to to the Swedes who were trying to get him back from the U.S. and the U.S. really does want him um, for the leaks and the uh, U.K. government wanted to be able to give him to the United States Uh, let's see what we've got here in the chat Um, did it with Purdue I believe it's 12 months okay oof man only 12 months for produced records? That's... Nuts. But honestly, I'm, bet, I'm betting it depends on how regulation accumbers coverage your typical email data is tends to be. Universe is only really for FERPA and HIPAA, I think. I don't know what FERPA is. So, like, for... Uh, problem is regulations regarding retentions are retarded. I am supposed to save every spam message that was received even though it was filtered and deleted by a spam filter. Just... A- oh, that's awful. So you have to save the spam? That's... That's disgusting. So, the real person behind all the spam emails or hard drive companies make you buy new hard drives. It's a smart move. It's a smart move. So, it looks like what we were discussing before we even reading this article, we were kind of right. that It does kind of feel like a coverage of people trying to cover someone's butt, of trying to get um, Assange out of the UK and over to Switzerland, then back to the United S- And then to the United States. So, right, Doing anything, I'm going to move on to the final thing that I. Um, Ah, Krebs on Security. Another pr- another good blog. It's not my, my favorite blog on um, uh, when I'm talking about um, uh, security matters, but it is a good one that I do like reading. My favorite has to be the Vast blog. I love a Vast. But seventeen. Uh, but this one is uh, some basic some seventeen some basic rules for searching uh, so securing your IoT stuff because. Everyone knows IoT, Internet of Things, or Internet of Targets um, because uh, most of the companies that make IoT devices, one, that they go out of business very, very quickly. So you get one patch, possibly maybe one or two updates for it. You know, updates, there's one firmware up there. They're insecure because they were just going to do this thing like Kickstarter or business with their one project and they went out of business. Maybe they had full intentions of supporting and updating, but when they went out of business, they did open source the project. This is, I know. This is like the bad things about Internet of Things and devices. The other bad thing about Internet devices, Internet of devices, is that is connected to the internet and it doesn't have a screen, so you don't know what it's doing all the time. And it's not that Internet of devices haven't been used in attacks and botnets before in the past, or you know they have used like uh, IoT like webcams to as as botnets to go attack things. So it's it's very important that when if you have iot devices that you know you, you do secure these things behind a firewall and here on krebs on security does a great job of trying to teach people to secure their things oops oops i actually went to get ready to paste because i like to read crypto compare um, iot equals porn hub on refresh screens yes yes you can put that on Pornhub, but don't forget, like, remember, if you don't search on Pornhub, you don't have to go to the We Are Libertarians on Pornhub, um, your number one podcast on Pornhub. It's a joke, I, we don't, we're not on Pornhub. I, I always try to convince Chris you should upload, but you won't. Let's go through this one. Um, Alright, so rule number one, avoid connecting your devices directly to the internet. Now this one's a good one. Either without a firewall or in front of it by poking holes in your firewall so you can access them remotely. Putting your device in front of your firewall is generally a bad idea. Making many IoT products were simply not designed with security in mind and manage these things accessible over the public internet. Could invite attackers into your network. If you have a router, chances are it comes with a built-in firewall. Keep your IoT devices behind the firewall and not in your DMZ. Oh, for the love of crap, don't put them in your DMZ. Um, but even some routers have like terrible um, patchwork, uh, especially some like Lynx's routers. Um, where's this at like like even your like yeah uh, even the famous blue that blue one that everyone likes, or even like something like this, right? they have terrible like update things like i didn't I think this thing got its last update probably like a year ago or, even at the most, but if you put on d w r t on it, you can get updates on time on it or fix things yourself,
2: well isn't there a famous uh uh smart I can't I can remember smart devices that were put out years ago uh, where they realized that in order to updates because the device was secured encrypted
3: mm-hmm. but
2: in order to do updates they needed to unencrypt it. So what they did was in the update packages they included the private key in order to unencrypt it, apply the patch and, and decrypt it. So if all you do is get a hold of the patch, you had the private key for all those devices. Right. That's the so stupidest thing they, I've ever heard. That was the stupidest thing ever happened. And they were in trouble at that point, so all of those got owned pretty hard.
1: Ouch! 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 That's terrible. That's like what happened when the the Wi-Fi pineapple, when that was first, like people were like start passing those out. Um, They were very trusting, and so when people were turning them on for the first time, they trusted anything that was attaching to it, and people got their pineapples brand new, and they got owned right out of the box. It was disgusting. But, yeah, I didn't even think people would put things directly connected to that because a lot of IoT devices, people like love the aspect of like, oh, you can see your pet eat your food. You can have an IT device, you know, food disc, you can know when your pet eats. Put it this way if you can get in, you know, if it's punching a hole through your firewall to get in and it's not a secure session, someone else will find that hole too and get in.
2: Well, I don't think people realize how much port scanning goes on on the internet.
1: I know, I know. What is um? I mean,
2: well, yeah. what's funny is there's, there's a there's a, a website you can go to where they show you this uh, graphic in real time of all the attacks that are going on, and, and I say attacks in air quotes. Um, and what they're doing is they're just showing you all the different port scans that are happening, and all the and, and so they're calling these attacks. But you can see all of the activity that's going on, and people are watching this, and people who don't know what they're talking about. Or are trying to scare people, mm-hmm. we'll bring it. We'll, we'll make YouTube videos showing. Well, this is this is this is somebody attacking somebody else, and you can see what's going on. And this is all cyber warfare going on behind the scenes. It's like it's not cyber warfare. This is a bunch of people running port scans because it's fun to do, and people do that. and That's what hackers do, and to find open devices and things that way. So this isn't government cyber warfare. Because government cyber warfare, you are not going to detect it nearly as easily. As, as you can just regular random skipped kitties with with uh, hacking tools
1: yeah pretty much uh, the other thing was like um I think what a lot of people like to do is what is my favorite pastime back when I was really young was to go around and like scan for IP cameras just to like watch. oh I,
2: yeah, I remember doing that yeah see what you can see on oh on yeah because those are all open and you could just get onto that web page. Mm-hmm. If you scanned for that port and you could just watch all these webcams, that was a fun thing to do about ten years ago. Because People didn't know. Yeah, I'm sure it's still there. I'm sure there's still people doing it.
1: My favorite time I ever thing, I found it with a camera, right? And I found it that it was movable and controllable, right? But the best part about it, right? If you moved it to the left, it would knock over a candle. <laughs> and she would, and this girl would just get off the couch from watching TV. You watch her. She'd pick up the camera, move it back, Put the candle back, right? Like, what's going on? And you're just like, oh, sweet! You just bring it back over, and just keep knocking the candle off. That's awesome. <laughs> Whatever. I was very young and stupid. Leave me alone. <laughs>
2: that's how we all. That's how we all learn. We just do stupid things like that.
1: Yep. Yep. Me. All right. If you change things default creden- uh, credentials to a complex password, rule number two: If you change the things default credential to a complex password, the only uh, the, on- the only you will know and can remember. If you do happen to forget the password, it's not the end of the world. Most devices have a recess recess switch that can be used to restore things to its factory default setting and credentials. Here's some advice on picking better ones. Here's uh, like a link you can get link that up. If I, um, I say, if you can, at the beginning of rule number two, because of very often devices, particularly security cameras and DPRs, are so poorly designed from a security perspective, that even changing the default password to things built-in web interface does nothing to prevent the things from being reachable and vulnerable once connected to the internet. Also, many of the devices are found to have hidden, undocumented backdoor accounts that attackers can use remotely to control the devices. That's why rule number one is so important. Yeah, that's another thing, yeah. Um, There's a lot of different times that we found... Um, we'd get to some people's cameras, and we find out that um, a lot of people have changed like the, the default password on it. But we knew that if you typed in the manufacturer into it, the man- you put root as a username and the manufacturer name. So it was like root... I'm not going to say the manufacturer's name. And then underneath it, let me in.
3: <laughs> it was just let you in. What was the uh, Apple update here recently that uh, was immediately uh, a huge security flaw? Because if you put the username as root and just hit enter, it would let you in?
1: Yes. Yeah, that happened about like was it like was two and a half months ago.
3: Yeah. And, you know, that is a security flaw that was baked in by the largest or second largest OS developer yep. in the world. Yep. Yep. So,
1: yep. Yeah, it was just root, root, and the manufacturer's name let me in. It was the back door. I, which I'm guessing is probably something that they used to build the machine, you know, to test things out and did not get removed.
3: Well, yeah, that's the same way the Apple one got through. Is you know you leave a back door for yourself in case your development goes wrong, mm-hmm. and well, you know, three steps down the process, who thinks to remember something? Yep. Uh,
1: let's see. Um, rule number three: Update the firmware. This is really important. Uh, hardware vendors sometimes make it available security updates for the software that powers a consumer devices, known as firmware. It is a good idea to visit the vendor's website and check for any firmware updates before putting your IoT uh, things to use, and check back periodically for any new updates. So yeah, updates, which rarely does happen, especially to a lot of IoT devices, so Cause a lot of the things don't last. Um, rule number four, check the defaults and make sure features you may not want or need like UPNP, Universal Plug and Play, which can easily poke holes in your firewall without you knowing it, are disabled. Yes, so when the ability to just plug something in and you can just see it across it and it's so easy. It works automatically. Remember, if it works automagically, ma- that means it's some, there's, there's some broken code in there. Can, um, security, lo- uh, security holes are abundant in anything that's convenient. I want to know if there's some, something has poked in your um, your router's firewall, uh, you can use the uh, census, which has a decent scanner that may, you may give you clues about any cracks in your firewall. Browse to uh, whatsmyipaddress.com IP and then cut and paste the resulting address into the text box at census.io and select IPv4 host and then drop down menu and hit search. All right, I'm not doing that uh, for you guys. You guys can do it on your own time. Or if that sounds too complicated, if your ISP's address or your should well, like, check out Steve Gisson Shields Up page, which I put a link to a GRC in the chat space there. Uh, uh, rule number five: Avoid IoT devices that advertise peer-to-peer capabilities built in. Peer-to-peer IoT devices are notoriously difficult to secure, and research has repeatedly shown that they can be uh, reachable even through a firewall remotely over the Internet because they're configured to continuously find ways to connect to a global shared network so that people can access them remotely. For example, for this, uh, see previous stories here included um, this was why people fear the Internet of Things and fresh water for IoT cannons. Rule number six, consider the cost. Bear in mind that when it comes to IT devices a cheaper is usually is not better there's no direct correlation between price and security but history has shown us that devices that tended towards the lower end of the price ranges for their class tend to have the most vulnerable backdoors with the least amount of vendor upkeep and support. In the wake of last month guilty uh, guilty pleas by several individuals who created the Mirai one of the biggest IOT malware the threats ever the US Justice department released a series of tips on securing IT devices one final note. I realize that the people who probably need to be reading these tips most likely won't ever know they need to care enough to act on them. But at least by taking proactive steps, you can reduce the likelihood that your IoT things will contribute to the global IoT security problem. So, it's kind of like herd immunity with vaccines. If you're not vac- if you're not vaccinating your IoT devices, you're screwing us all over. Okay? Especially like case in point is the Mirai botnet. See. Uh, all right, so guys, you want to talk about the um, my IoT thing or the uh, real quick uh, in the chat? The real question is: What can Congress do to help protect us from IoT devices? Uh, I don't really want Congress to try to protect us from the. Um, uh, well, the protections
2: I, usually are not. I don't want Congress touching anything technology because it's obvious to me that anybody in Congress has zero understanding of technology. Yes. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I think that's been proven out over the past two years.
1: I, I'm, not sure, yeah, I, I'm sure F- Farkas new gets meant it as a satire joke.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A, yeah. I'm sure he's being satirical there. Yeah. At least I uh, hope. Yeah, I mean... The, the problem better is, is that people, and this has always been the case with security, uh, is that people are rushing to get things out. They're going to think of security last. That's what, uh, I mean, Steve Gibson will rant about this forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but security is always the last thought. It should always be the first thought, right? So unfortunately, that's just the way it is. That's why we use C instead of Pascal in a lot of the coding because C was a lot easier, but it didn't have strict type checking. So people were able to do some things they wanted to get done in code without doing it the harder way, which they introduced the option for, um, for inter- for introducing bugs that can do overflows, which is where most of the viruses that we've seen over the past 20, 30 years have come from. So if we had had strict type tracking on all of the coding that we had done over all these years, we wouldn't have this problem, but it's not as expedient. People want to get the product out and they're in a hurry. So they do it the easiest way. So you have to understand that security is always going to be the last thought on any any technology that's out there. So you have to kind of start taking the technology. You have to start thinking technology, security yourself, because they're just not going to do it for you.
1: Exactly. Especially on, you know, those very cheap and expensive devices. You know, that's why I don't like them. I don't trust them. Um, and people are going to find security holes into them. They're going to punch a hole in it. Like, Now, are you safer going with, like, an Alexa? Possibly, because Amazon does a very, very good job of patching their devices. Even, like, some of their older Kindles, they continue to keep getting updates through um, Amazon. I don't like them, especially, like... But the problem... Hmm?
2: The problem with patching is that they're catching the problem after the fact. They're not hitting it before, right? So if they were doing security stronger ahead of the time, they would have... Thought about these things before they were discovered. Correct. Right. So patching is good. Patching is awesome that if you find an, an issue, you can get in there and patch it and fix it. Mm-hmm. But if we were taking security seriously enough at the front, they wouldn't have been an option, a problem in the first place. Oh.
1: I'm upset. My little nephew just got fourth place in his robotics competition. Man. But yeah, it's um yeah, it's upsetting, but
2: it's the nature of the way things are. I mean it's human nature. They yeah, you know but we're trying to we're trying to put product out before somebody else puts product out so yeah. you can corner the market. You can so you have to be quick to it mm-hmm. and it just introduces issues.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the one benefit, like the Amazon. Like, the one thing, like the Kindle, I did not like is the simple fact that they did, um, they put, um, what is it, Alexa on the Kindles, which I used to leave an old Kindle in the bathroom up until I noticed the update that had Alexa on it. Like, oh, things got a camera and a microphone on it. This Kindle's leaving the bathroom. And poor people go, like, you, you, yes, I leave a Kindle in my bathroom. It's, it's my Kindle, and I clean my Kindle, like, when I clean the toilet, so he doesn't go anywhere the Kindles for the bathroom I wonder if I can show my nephew doing this because he's sitting there, sitting there at his robotic I want to he's, he's he looks so good he looked. he worked so hard on it and I feel bad he got fourth place but better honestly I prefer having fourth place than winning winning he probably wouldn't you know probably want to keep asking me for help <laughs> If he won, probably well, doesn't need me.
2: The real, the real key out of it is, is he's probably learned a lot about robotics. He's learned a lot about something he might be interested in. Mm-hmm. This is a good thing for him, right? So, winning, yeah, it's great, but advancing that knowledge and that, that drive and that desire is the more important
3: thing. Yeah,
1: that's true. All right, let's <laughs> see in the chat. Farkas Dugas Security, documentation, support—the three things always dumped when trying to go on the cheap. That is right. Yes. And yeah, because like a lot of different companies, especially like network security people, um, or people doing any type of that type of work, usually the first things to go in most IT departments when they try to save money on the budget, you get rid of the security persons or well,
2: it, it it happens all the time too. I see this a lot. So I do uh, a lot of directory stuff and and you know, so there's, there's a lot of things in Active Directory you do to secure Active Directory. It's advanced over the years, and people are using Kerberos now instead of NTLM, which has kind of been hacked, and, and we know that there's flaws in it, and we shouldn't be using it anymore. But the problem is, is when you have a system you're trying to get up, and there's a dependency you get the system running, mm-hmm. and you run into a problem, the first thing you do is say, well, back off the security and we'll see if we can get it to work. Oh, it's working now. Okay, we're good. And they never go to put it back on to try to fix it. And then you go down the line, and you're saying we need to go secure these systems. Like, well, we can't because it'll break this system. So now you have to leave these holes in, and people aren't willing to go through the work that has to be done to find out why the system didn't work to begin with, um, with those security problems. So and the developers then don't want to fix it, and it's just it's a big pain in in the rear because people were interested in we just need to get this up and running. We don't care. Right. Well, you don't care until that moment that you get hit by uh, a virus that then encrypts every single document on your network because you're running in an insecure fashion mm-hmm. and you're out hit, getting hit with multi-million dollar um, insurance policies because of that. And now, now things start getting ugly. Right. So it's just the nature of how people operate,
3: unfortunately.
1: Because uh, a lot of security people, they always say, like, if a company's, um, if their IT staff isn't that large, and they're running Active Directory, active Directory, that it's, like, that means they're, they're, there's huge security flaws everywhere. <laughs> it's like, this. Like, let's say, they used to tell you, like, you have the easiest time getting in. I was like, what? It's like, if they're active, they're using Active Directory, and their system, and their, the staff's not big, there's no one watching it. And the security's probably crap on it.
2: Right, I mean, because there's just things, there's normal everyday things that you should be doing to maintain that, Mm -hmm. maintain security in an Active Directory environment. Yeah. It's just the question of, are the people who are running it doing that? Are they, because people are like, oh, Active Directory is simple, you can just set it up and and you don't have to be an Active Directory guy in order to uh, to get it up and running Mm -hmm. and utilize it. Which yes. is great, but now you centralize all your, your user account information, mm-hmm. and if you don't have somebody watching and making sure that it is protected properly,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you've got an, a very big attack vector that mm-hmm. people will try to hit.
1: Oh, yes. That's, that's just a very, very sweet, 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 sweet spot. Um, you yeah, know. so... Which, like, yeah, I get that, too. Like, uh, I love, I can write, you know, like, Cisco essay, like, Firewall. I love it. But I tell anyone who I write one for, like, hey, you might want to let someone look at this. Because I've looked at this thing, you know, for hours. And it looks good to me. So you should probably have someone else look at it. (laughs) right, um, yeah, um so in the chat we were talking about like robot fighting um apparently J- J- like, Jack his kids didn't have enough people to do robot fighting in their class which does stink and I was st- you know stating like we you know and Farc News and, like, and everyone's was talking about we need to like show more kids robot fighting yes I think robot fighting should you know that's what got me into kind of like liking like some robots I don't do much in robotics just kind of like tinker you know I'm not a I'm not a robotics person but I can read a book knows how to move different things and get things going and I like the idea of robot fight. Ooh, man, that came out of nowhere. All right.
2: Well, I um, remember when I was growing up, we had things. We had an Erector sets, right? And the Erector sets back in the day when I first started were very um, freeform. Mm-hmm. Like they give you, they give you a a, a little generator, and you can put a nine volt battery on, it and that generator would turn, you know, and spin. And not a generator, but a, you know, um just a mechanical... Uh, I can't think of the name of, the, name of it right now. I'm, my mind is blank. Uh, but it would it would it would spin things, right? So you could do winches and things like that, and you could start playing with that automation stuff. Now the toys that are coming out are a lot more kind of locked in what you can do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I kind of just missed that, because we as kids would just find all kinds of weird things to do with these with these sets, and so. Uh, we just need more of that. So the robot stuff really helps in that area, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. magnetics. The mag- yeah, the, yeah. Well, I have salt about the magnetic stuff. That was all kinds of different, really cool, fun stuff. And,
2: well, I used to, go to, I used to go to Radio Shack. I don't remember. It says they're not there anymore, but uh, I think most of them are closed down now. But you used to be able to go into uh, Radio Shack not to go in and get you know, cell phones and TVs and radios. You go into the back where all the transistors and the circuit boards and the breadboards mm-hmm. and, and soldering irons and all that stuff. We would build our own electronic sets and, with breadboards and test them out and see how they'd work. It was the thing we used to do uh, when I'd go when I first went to college. We used to there was an electronics department and I was I wasn't on the computer side, but the electronics guys and I would hang out and they'd do all these circuits with breadboards and things like that. It was so much fun. Uh, to kind of build your own radio, build your own, you know, walkie-talkie devices and and that sort of thing, and I just don't see that happening a lot anymore with those with those stores kind of failing and going out of business because nobody was doing that anymore. Because people yeah. just go buy the buy the stuff now. They don't they never made it, you know.
1: Yep. Yep. Like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, because even I was coming like making like your. We didn't get to... I, I never get to do the... What's uh, the uh, kits we could get? We could get kits, like, this is a phone in a box. Use the electronics and your soldering iron, and you will build a phone. Use, them, use the stuff in the box, and you can build a walkie-talkie. Sounding... Like, the, the idea of, like, just going to the back of a store, is you just have to get boards to build a walkie-talkie. It sounds amazing, and I wish I could do that as a kid. That sounds awesome. Right now, as an adult, like, this still sounds fun, but, like, incredibly easy to do. <laughs> Would be right, right I mean harder I remember i was going as a kid we were like a lot more fun.
2: 14 yeah we were like 14 15 and we were going we were just trawling through the the radio shacks and finding just all the different transistors and resistors and all that stuff it was just it was a, it was just an amazing time i thought um, when I was growing up that way this seems more sanitized now to me yeah. and, and maybe I'm just missing it I'm not seeing you know what's going on, but it just it just seems that way now. It's
1: okay. Um, I had a lot of old techs around me growing up and they watched me when I got my phone in a box that had a build that. So, like, I'm building my own phone. They expect me to, you know, I literally went and got stuff, but they saw the kit and the instruction booklet I was going off and, like, you're not building your own phone. You're... It's f- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I wasn't really building my own phone, which was like, you know, I did yeah, have a yeah. lot of fun on that thing. All right. Well,
2: I, remember, I remember when I was, oh, I had to be like 12, years, 12, 13 years old, maybe a little bit older, and uh, we used to have old, some old TVs, right? So the old two TVs. Yes. Um, with vacuum tubes and everything in it. Mm-hmm. We had one that didn't work. And I'm like, well, what the heck? So I just started playing around in the back of it, I had it mm-hmm. plugged in, not knowing what I'm doing, with a screwdriver, and I
1: touched the cover, Things together, yeah, right.
2: Um, Created a spark, which could have killed me. Uh, (laughs) But from that moment forward, that TV worked. Wow. So I don't know. I don't. I never did figure out what I did. But I apparently shorted across something that was broken Uh and bypassed it, so the TV would then start working again. So uh, just gotta be careful with electronics. But yeah, that was uh, some fun stuff that
1: I did. And I electricity, because it, it, it can and will kill you, or give you some nerve damage, you know. So. You're right? yeah, alright, so, um, I'm not staying on to watch this thing on BET, like I said, i do it for, t- for a th- you know, a thousand bits, we didn't get that, which is I'm okay with, because no one wants to stay up and watch me watch BET, totally okay. Um, but we did talk about some cool things. We did have a lot of fun. Um, let's wrap, let's start wrapping up. Uh, we'll start with, um, uh, Reinhold, Reinhold, you want to wrap up? You got anything you want to wrap up on? Plug, oh, sure. plug um, your stuff.
2: just, uh, just know if you, um, uh, uh, want to follow me on, um, on Twitch. our handle is ReinholdTV. On Twitter, it's, uh, at Reinhold for anything political, and at ReinholdTV for anything gaming or media related. Um, uh, and reinhold.org for my website. Yes.
1: Yeah. You uh, to wrap up?
3: So, yeah, I am getting into the streaming game myself here. Uh, my channel is uh with an underscore in between the two. And I will be. Uh, I do have one video up now where me and my roommate complain about Fortnite uh, hmm. while being very bad at Fortnite and uh, the other thing I have to plug is of course uh, every Friday evening at the Triton Brewhouse we will be having uh, Liberty and Chill presented by Wall and we are looking forward to seeing a lot of people there this weekend
1: Yep, this Friday yep and please RSVP yep. so I know how big to get the
3: table yeah, we definitely outgrew our table very quickly mm-hmm. last Friday. Yeah.
1: Right. Anything else?
3: Uh, that's all I have.
1: Um, yeah, um, like I said, like, Liberty and Chill this Friday. Um, I'm going to try to get with Paul some time to like, really hammer out the things to try so we can get these other locations going up. Um, We've got to find some time. It's mostly me. I'm, it's hard for me to get free right now. I've got some big... T- I've got my ITOL exam next week, so I've been studying it for that. Um, so I've really had that much free time besides doing this, so I've got to get that. So Paul's basically yeah. just waiting on me, which is, like I said, it's my fault. Um, ITOL's kicking <laughs> my butt more than I thought it would. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. Other than that... Uh, the free- uh, Liberty chill. Um, like we're going to do our IRL stream on Friday. We're doing also wall gaming on Friday night. So like, if you're out on the Discord, jump to the Discord, come wall game with us if we're doing some PC gaming. Um, if Spangle will let me steal off the Blackmagic capture card box, I will probably try to. Do, I will. I will play old retro console game, well, original console games, I have no problem doing that if I get, if, if he let me steal off the Black Magic capture stuff. ITIL, it's the information technology library, um, it's the, it's a, not a, it's a framework, it's not, it's not a project management server, ITIL is not project management, it's close to project management, is not, it's more of the business side of IT. Uh, it talks about how to, uh, creating, uh, creating services, service design, service management, um, and service improvement. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, for my background in IT, um, it's good for me because I've done a lot of operation, IT operations, all of IT IP management stuff more than I have done, like, worked in, like dredged in servers, so for my aspect, i have might as well just keep going on this asp- this type of general IT aspect of it than trying to get heavy into servers right now. Because I just don't have that much experience at like, I'm mostly I'm so min-maxed on networking and the operational side of management of an IT department that I'm just going to concentrate. I feel, yeah, so I'm just going to keep going on those paths, those two forks, and just go all the way that's my plan, anyways uh, so yeah um, so like you said uh, thank you everybody um, uh, look I think I actually went offline I think it stopped we are offline which stinks um,
2: cool. I, I missed my uh, smiley face at the end of the comment but yeah I was just being facetious but <laughs>